0: Hello, Crystal. Hi, Kat.
1: Welcome back to... Alternative Interest. interest. I was going to say the show. The show, but, that too. But yeah. Hello, listeners. Hello.
0: Welcome back. Yes. Uh, I don't think... Oh, something happened this week. What was it? Oh! Oh, gosh. I know what it is. I, Holy I shit. actually... i I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm
0: excited now. <laughs> I, I literally just heard about this today. Do you know about the Bardstown case?
1: No. The Bardstown? Um, uh-uh.
0: Yeah, it's about... um, Man, what is her name? Crystal Rogers uh, okay. is the other name you might know this by. No. Is it ringing a bell? Okay, there's this whole conspiracy with Bardstown, Kentucky. Okay. And this girl was murdered and then her dad in the course of uh investigating her murder Uh he ends up getting killed under strange circumstances oh god are you gonna do this case uh, listen okay Um, and then a local police officer a canine officer and this is where you might know it uh, was driving home from a shift one night okay like late at night he got off at like midnight he's driving home and that night his regular canine vehicle was in the shop so he didn't have his dog with him because it wasn't equipped with the cage in the back yeah so he was driving home the same way he always went home and the exit he would take off the freeway had like a tree laying across it. Uh So he stops, he gets out of his car to pull this big branch off the road. Someone shoots him with a shotgun. What? And just leaves him there. Oh, no. And uh, people pulled up, like a couple coming home from a bar uh, pulled up and found him dead and they grabbed his um, his radio and we're like hey officer down yeah and in in investigating the death of this police officer all this corruption came out oh. about the police force possibly having like drug you know stuff what i going think on. i
1: have heard something about this
0: crime junkie did this a long yeah, time ago i think
1: that's probably where i heard it
0: So they've never found Crystal Rogers' body, right? Today, (gasps) the FBI was digging at her boyfriend had this house built really shortly after she was killed, and they just jackhammered out the driveway in it. And there's a local guy in Bardstown that has this drone business Uh and he's been taking photos and the police have been like, hey, do not release that because we're telling you that you can't. He released some photos and there is a clear like giant pit that they dug out from underneath this driveway.
1: (sighs) Oh, wow. So they're thinking it could be her.
0: Yeah. A lot of people think that this is her body.
1: That's crazy. Well, we'll have to keep up on that and see. And then maybe maybe you should cover that case.
0: Uh, Jane actually wants to come and guest host oh. again sometime.
1: Does she like that case?
0: She's obsessed with this oh, because okay. her friend is She's down there. okay. She's
1: perfect to do it then.
0: Yeah. So she wants to come guest host. This one, honestly, with how much information there is, would probably end up being like three parts.
1: Is she um, try- trying to one-up my Ward Weaver? <laughs>
0: No, but when um, when there's more resolved, yeah. In the case, oh yeah, yeah. So probably a year at least. But she's been following it. Oh good. And she already told me I'm not
1: allowed to do it because she because <laughs> she wants to do it. Well, Jane has dibs then.
0: Yes, Jane has dibs. But that was uh, that happened actually today. Oh, interesting. Uh, August 25th while we're recording this.
1: You know what else I heard today or saw today is uh, they released in camera home footage of, um, you know, Tristan, the the teenager that was killed by that other teenager earlier this summer. I think uh, her name was Tristan Bailey. Or something like oh, that. yeah. And his name is uh, Aiden
0: The really cute, like, Fassi. blonde cheerleader yeah. girl, right? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And his name is Aiden Fassi or Fucci or something like that. Anyways, of his mother uh, getting his bloody clothing and washing it. Yeah. So, because she, she's really? been charged with tampering with evidence.
0: She should be. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: so. I mean, I get that's your kid, yeah. but also, like.
1: No, she did. Uh, she also did a lot of other shady stuff, like lie to the police about where her son was. Um, oh, she knew exactly she, what yeah, he did. Yeah, she knew what he did. So she's in, she's in some trouble, too. Anyways, um, that's also another case where I'm like, I need more information to come out. Yeah, and, I want to wait till it's and, resolved. Yeah, til it's I, I really resolved. don't like
0: covering stuff no. while they're still in the investigative phase. Uh-uh.
1: There's a couple of cases like that right now. There's like the Tristan one. There's the little girl. I don't know. Uh, it was that five-year-old. I think her name was oh. Sawyer. But that—that's one I want to cover soon once it, that one gets resolved, and there's a couple of others. Summer Wells. Summer Wells, yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, what we? <laughs> what
0: do you have for me today?
1: Ooh, I have a doozy for you today, and um, I'm going to talk about this later on in the case, but this. So, we all know I love my TikTok, right? And I'm always like, "Hey, I'm really tired. I'm going to go to bed, and it's like seven o'clock." And then my husband comes up and it's like eleven, and I'm still on TikTok, right? So uh, so uh, it was weird because two months ago, this case, Suddenly, was just all over my For You page on TikTok. Okay. And I found it really odd, and you're going to find out what was so odd about it later on, but this case, and I know you make fun of me because I say it all the time, it does start off with a really nice love story that I'm going to tell you about. Okay, but you... <laughs> I am going
0: to have to assign you your next case because you do this so often with like the cute nuclear family that goes wrong.
1: I just, I don't know why. Like, I don't know. You're like, (laughs) I'm like, oh, oh, you want to get married and have a cute little family? It's going to go wrong. The show Snapped was made for you. It was. I was thinking about it uh, when I was a teenager on Lifetime the Betty Broderick story came out, you know, the one of the score. Oh, yeah. of the sword, and I was, I was all over that. I was like, Oh my God. And so maybe that struck my fascination with the whole, <laughs> everything maybe. was perfect until it wasn't until it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to tell you about David and Jessica Robinall. And they were a young and happy couple, as all my stories love to start out with. <laughs> and I do have a quote a relative said about David and Jessica that the two were just meant for each other and so much in love. Again, as all my stories start off. <laughs> Um, They actually met while they both were studying at Kent State University. Jessica, she grew up in Chagrin Falls in the Chagrin Falls area. And um, while she was at Kent State, she studied nutrition and dietetics. Um, And she worked for a cafe on the campus. It was called Food for uh, Thought. Everyone says that Jessica loved people and she had a deep passion for um, growing and making healthy food. And her passion was basically, she wanted to teach others about nutrition and how to take care of their body and just be healthy. She was very fun and funny, bright and compassionate. And again, people just loved her and she loved people. So while she was there, that's where she met David, and they began dating. And so they dated uh, while they both were finishing um, their studies at Kent State. They both graduated in 2016, and then they married later that year. And friends and family just described David and Jessica as just a delightful couple, that they were incredibly joyful people to be around, and they were deeply loving. That sounds really cute. Yeah, so they were cute. It's like a nice love story. They meet in college, they they date, they get married. And she um, sounds like
0: she sounds like the kind of person that the MLM people try to be. Yeah, exactly. Like she's genuinely this happy, bubbly, healthy yeah, viewed person and yeah. all these people who are in like,
1: well, and I could picture her working at a gym and or at a hospital talking to you about nutrition and probably being like, You yeah. know what? yeah, this is all good, great advice. like, and you know, she just sounds like someone that would be great at that uh, right. So. After college, they lived in Jeromesville, Ohio, and it was actually just right down the road from David, David's grandmother's family farm. Her name was Lillian, and they were a very close-knit family, David's, David's family, um, Jessica was very close to her family, and then both of the families were close with each other after David and Jessica got married. And um, shortly after they were married, they had their first daughter who they named um, Lilia after his grandmother. So his grandma, grandmother's name was Lillian, and they named her um, Lilia. And Jessica, I mean, she was just an amazing mother. A lot of people said that she always loved children, and that just multiplied by a million when she had her daughter. Um, she was very attentive, and she was always with um, with her, and her husband said later that she was the type of parent that just always thought of others and really just cared about the people around her, so like anytime they boarded a plane, she would pass out those cute notes on the plane with like a little piece of candy, apologizing like if her daughter, you know, would start to cry or something. I've seen videos. Like <laughs> what? I don't like. I those. know. I saw your face. We can we can get that out. <laughs> I immediately yeah, saw your I babe. just I don't
0: think that a mother should have to apologize for her baby. I don't being think so
1: either. And I think she did it more as just kind of a icebreaker like I, you. Know? I totally get yeah. it
0: that like it's a conscientious thing, but like
1: but you're right that you have
0: to hear a a child a child
1: act perfectly how they're supposed to act on a plane especially when it's a an infant at that right so yeah i i do see what you're saying on that um In May of 2018, um, they were actually staying in Tampa, Florida, uh, because David was um, pursuing a career in aviation at the Cleveland area airport. But um, in order to do that, he was in Florida to earn his certification as a single engine airline pilot. So they had family in Florida that they, or in Tampa that they were staying with at the time so that David could fulfill that requirement. And then event they were actually going to go home um, a week after uh, this incident occurred. They were supposed to go back home uh, oh, to finish no. everything. And yeah, uh, a spoiler alert, uh, that doesn't happen. So on May 23rd, They were in South Tampa, and it was a Sunday, Wednesday morning. So Jessica decided, you know, it was a beautiful day. She's going to walk um, Lilia to Ballast Point Park, which was just kind of right up the road um, from where they were staying. Um, Before they were to come back, David decided he was gonna go pick up some food for his family, because at this point, it was almost going to be lunchtime. So after playing at the park, Jessica, and Lilia, which she was now 21 months old at the time, they began walking back, and they were walking on Bayshore Boulevard in South Tampa. And uh, Bayshore Boulevard is like a 4.5 mile scenic waterfront sidewalk that overlooks Hillsborough Bay right there. So it's yeah, like yeah, it
0: sounds really familiar. I think yeah, it's, um, isn't it a huge like tourist attraction too? It is.
1: It is, and like on the other. side side of it on the other side of the water there's like a hot high, there's high-rise condominiums that are super expensive okay. um and then there's like a grassy tree-lined medium and it's like a very wide waterfront sidewalk that's always been popular for walkers runners um bicyclists and like skaters are always on there
0: okay so it's a very busy scenic area yeah
1: Yeah, very busy, scenic area, and as David was on his way to pick up the food, um, he spotted Jessica, and at this point, he was a quarter mile away from where they were staying, which was with um, the uncle. His name is John uh, Rysinger. So he spotted Jessica pushing um, Lilia in her stroller. And so he's like going to get the food, and he knows that Jessica and his daughter are on their way back, right? Okay. So, um, and when he spotted them, they were walking towards West Knights Avenue, which is right off of Bayshore Boulevard. So he's like, perfect. He saw them. They're walking back. They're basically right there. They're almost home. Exactly. Exactly. They're almost home. He kind of makes a note of that, right? He's like, great. I'm going to go pick up the food and then I'll be right back and they'll have just gotten home probably, you know, by the time I get back. So he picks up the food and he drives back, but he noticed that the traffic was like backed up now, backed up way more than usual. And he notices the ambulance and the police, you know, coming and the lights. And um, David said in that moment, he didn't feel anything weird, but that he just remembers that he began praying for whoever was in the accident oh, at that that's moment. that's so sweet. Like, he's like, wow, yeah. He's like, wow, this seems really bad. And I, I'm going to say a prayer for these people. And then to kind of avoid just, like, the the traffic jam right there, he just turned off the, the main road and then, like, went a different way to get to where he was supposed to go to the house, right? Yeah, he was just gonna go the long way around the back. Yeah, he's like, I'm just gonna turn here and then I'll and then I'll get there. Uh, that same morning, an 18 year old named Cameron Cole Heron and his brother Tristan Christopher Heron, who was 20 years old, um, they were decided they were going to go to the gym that morning they resided in um, Ballast Point with their parents Chris and Cheryl Heron and that morning they d- they were going to take their the brand new 2018 8 cylinder Mustang GT that Cameron just got 2 days ago as a graduation gift from his oh, parents wow. so Two days before this, he had graduated from Tampa Catholic School. Um, Cameron was planning to attend Hillsborough Community College uh, later on that fall to study marketing. So him and his brother, it was common for them to hang out and to go to the gym together. So they got in the car and they left. Um, their friend, John Alexander Baranow, who was 17, who was also a graduate from Tampa Catholic High School. He left his West Lights Avenue home around the same time. And he was also headed the same way as Cameron and Tristan. Now, again, they're friends. They know each other. They went to the same school.
0: Okay, you're Um, you're listing a lot of places. How do all of these places line up? Like.
1: They are all so, so where Cameron and Tristan are coming from, they have to get on Bayshore Boulevard. Okay. To get to where they're going. And uh, West Lights Avenue is just right off of Bayshore Boulevard, too. OK, so so they're all it's almost like Bayshore Boulevard is like the main thoroughfare. And that you also
0: mentioned they lived in Ballast Point. So they're right where
1: yeah, Jessica they're right, was. They're right in the area where Jessica was. Yes, correct. So they're headed the same way. And um, John is driving a gold 2015 Nissan. And so we're at. Around 11:45 a.m. at this point, they both stop at a stoplight and they see each other. Witnesses say that when they were at that stop stoplight, there's words that are exchanged, but it wasn't mad; it was just friendly. But at the stoplight right there on Grandy Boulevard, which like is just a cross street on Bayshore, mm-hmm. right? They decided they were going to race at that point at the stoplight.
0: You know, when you said he got this uh, 2018 Mustang for Mm -hmm. a graduation present two days Mm -hmm. before, he's still in the hot rod phase.
1: Exactly. They looked at each other and they were side by side at the stoplight. And then they began speeding north on Bayshore Boulevard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Witnesses say that both cars were traveling very fast. And there are a ton of witnesses, mind you, because again, Bayshore Boulevard is super busy, right? Yeah. Um, witnesses say that sometimes the two cars were side by side, sometimes they were switching places and switching lanes. So you can kind of imagine this scene going down, oh, right? Yeah. Um they were headed down Bayshore Boulevard as they were speeding down Jessica was pushing Lilia across the street in her stroller. Oh. And this was moments after her husband had, you know, picked up the food, right? Oh, so
0: while I mean this is all the wrong stuff happening. Yeah. This, this uh-huh. is like if this was a Lifetime movie, oh, gosh. you would see it flash to the three different yeah. things all at once. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, all at once. Uh, John in the gold Nissan spotted Jessica and her daughter first and swerved and Cameron and and didn't have enough time and ended up slamming into both of them. Oh.
0: How fast were they going when he hit Oh, him? you'll
1: find out. You'll find out. And the speed becomes a huge issue okay. in this. Um, so when David got home, he's like, huh, that's odd. Like, they should have been home by now. Right. Like I timed it so that they would be home by the time I got home. And then that's when he got the feeling. Because he's like, oh, they should have been home. Oh, shit.
0: And he could see where she was from exactly. the house.
1: Exactly. From the house. So he started running up the road to the scene and saw the entire aftermath
0: oh, the no. Black
1: Mustang, his daughter's stroller, and his wife and his daughter being loaded into two separate ambulances. Oh, man. That is
0: an image that you can never get rid of.
1: No, never. Uh, later, David would learn that Jessica had been thrown at least 40 feet when Holy she was shit. struck. And Lilia and the stroller were thrown and landed 70 feet away.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Jessica, who was 24 at that time, was pronounced dead shortly after she arrived to Tampa General Hospital. And Lilia, who was injured so badly, like literally the doctors were like, We are, we're trying to do everything we can, but there's like, I read one doctor was saying it's like, we would, we would try to fix one thing and then something else. It was like a domino effect. Because Uh, at that
0: point, I mean, her insides are probably mush. mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Um, She probably has, her entire body is broken. Like I would be surprised if she even looked like. Yeah. A fully formed human at that point. Yeah. I mean that's a horrible thing know. to say
1: about it. it yeah, man, anyone, you say I'm I'm morbid, oh, I'm morbid I'm all the time. Sorry, but at, like she got like thrown such...
0: 70 feet.
1: Uh, the data recorder in the Mustang later showed that Heron was speeding at a hundred and two miles an hour before he began. Hitting on the brake right before the crash. Yeah,
0: and there's no way that he slowed down to even half that.
1: No. The speed limit on that road is 35 miles oh an hour. Oh my
0: God. So he was yeah. almost tripling the speed limit.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So take a deep breath because that was
0: <laughs> a lot.
1: So, um, so shortly after that, uh, the police arrested Cameron, his brother and John. Good. Um, Wait, so they,
0: why did they arrest the passenger?
1: You'll find out why they, cause he was there and he was a part of it. He was a part of the race, uh, right? Just is, by being in the car.
0: Is Florida a capital murder state?
1: Uh, I don't know. Look that up. It would have know. to
0: be. Keep going.
1: Okay, so uh, they charged both the drivers with street racing and vehicular homicide mm-hmm. and reckless driving resulting in serious bodily in- injury. This was before Lilia died, right? Okay. Um, so Tristan, who was the passenger, he was charged with one count of racing, but that charge was dropped a few, few days later. So he was charged with something, but it was dropped like, a few days later, at a hearing,
0: okay,
1: um, all three of them were free on bail later that day.
0: Oh, really?
1: But on May 24th, the next day, when uh, Lilia died, investigators added another charge of vehicular homicide onto Cameron and John's other charges, mm-hmm. and they were both taken back into custody. Okay. Um, but by Saturday, May 26th, the judge granted the release of just Cameron on a $50,000 bond I think uh, the reason why John wasn't bonded out was I think his at that point his parents were trying to find the money to do so okay Uh,
0: was Cameron you're gonna have to remind me who's who there's Cameron was
1: driving the black Mustang that hit and John
0: was driving the Nissan John
1: was driving the gold Nissan yeah
0: so both drivers not the passenger
1: yeah uh, so, the condition of Cameron's release was that he was obviously to do no driving, so his driver's license was taken away. He had to wear a GPS um, monitor, so I'm, I'm assuming an ankle monitor, um, and he couldn't have any contact with uh, his co-defendant, which was John,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: or travel outside of the county. Okay, um, John remained in custody just for a couple of days, and I'll tell you a little bit more about... when he was released but on June 1st of that same year so you know a couple of days later um, newly released report uh, came out that confirmed the speed of the Mustang so at first they were only relying on witnesses like how fast do you think the car was going right and everybody like uh, when I say there was a ton of witnesses there were there's like uh, I think 66 witnesses that they had Um, when they were processing the scene. So, yeah, Um, but but on June 1st, they got the official report uh, from the vehicle's black box um, and all the, you know, the computer stuff in there that showed that he was um, speeding at 102 miles an hour uh, before he started to put on the brake. Um, And like I said before, you know, the speed limit was only 35. And then the police... um, and the police already determined too when that report came out after they invested, er, investigated everything that Jessica was making a lawful crossing so it's not like she wasn't outside of a crosswalk or not you know or jaywalking she was making a lawful crossing at that at that point um, now never talked to my husband about this case because when I was talking to him about it last night he's like Are you telling me that she didn't hear a 2018 Mustang speeding down towards her? And I'm like, no, she didn't. She was probably just focused on her daughter and getting her daughter across the street. Like, I
0: think about that. You're sitting on the beach. How many different types of engines are going by? You've got motorcycles going by. You've got a ton of people. It's after graduation, so all the kids are out driving. How many of them have loud mufflers? Exactly. It's a nice day. It doesn't matter if she heard it or not.
1: Yeah, totally. I said, so if this was me, you would be like, her fault. He's like, well, yeah, situational awareness. I'm like, okay, thank you. I mean, situational awareness, but you can hear
0: an engine coming and yeah. assume it's stopping because the light tells you to freaking go.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So never talk to him about it.
0: We're judging you Kyle.
1: <laughs> I know <laughs> on June 6th, it was announced that John, um, who was, remember he was 17 at the time of this driving the gold, uh, oh. Nissan, um, that he would be tried as an adult. Okay. J- like Cameron, because he was like one year under it. Cameron was already yeah, 18. He was obviously going to be tried as an adult. On June 9th, John was finally released um, on a $50,000 uh, bond, and he was given the same conditions as Cameron um, upon his release, uh, when John graduated Tampa Bay Catholic High School, he had already been accepted to Florida Atlantic University to study computer engineering. Did they rescind it? Well, no. The college did. Was he didn't, not allowed to go? He wasn't allowed to go. He asked if he could oh. still go. You know, start his his You know, his whatever. In the fall. I don't know. He asked permission to leave the county to attend college. And that was denied by the judge.
0: He could have deferred. He could have done online school. He had options. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And I'm sure that's what he ended up doing was probably most of it online. Because then a year goes by and there's still no trial. Okay. So the trial... As soon as it happened, and as soon as, you know, Jessica and David's family are waiting for a trial date, it, there was delay after delay after delay and multiple motions that were um, coming down from both sides, from the prosecutor and from the defense. Um, at this point, it was known that John and Cameron were going to be co-defendants and they were going to have one trial okay. together.
0: I feel like if I was John, I would fight that really hard. I would not want to be tried with him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, the Tampa community, after, you know, this horrible uh, tragedy occurs, they they do whatever they can to um, to crack down Mm -hmm. on street racing. Um, So they're. Police are just ramping up on tickets and warnings. Um, so, they, in May, since May 23rd of 2018, when the incident happened, uh, in that year they handed out 1,346. Since May to the end to the beginning of 2019, compared to only a thousand tickets that they handed out in all of 2017. Yeah, so- so, so they ramped it up, yeah, so
0: thirteen hundred in seven months versus one thousand in twelve,
1: yes, yeah, um, and so here's where I think I got my um my my speed limit wrong because the city lowered the speed limit from 40 to 35 so i think i was saying 35 earlier that that was the speed limit
0: it was 40 at the time but it's it was 40 at the time yes
1: it's it's 35 now they lowered the speed limit they also added uh three crosswalks with flashing lights okay on Bayshore Boulevard and then there was a safe driving summit that was held in St. Petersburg Florida where 65 teenagers across Florida came together to um, try to raise awareness and um, speak about uh, vehicle safety to prevent any other deadly accidents and as far as I know the safe driving summit is still going on Okay. like they're still holding a summit so So even though the trial hasn't started yet, there was a lot of things that were happening as a direct result of this horrible incident. On May 23rd, 2019, so this is a year after the tragedy, a memorial is held in both Ohio, where, the, where Jessica and the family was originally from, and in Tampa for her and her daughter to um, honor the year anniversary of the tragedy. But still note, there was no set date for a trial, nothing.
0: Honestly, this sounds like a normal timeline to me for the trial.
1: Kind of. Usually... It happens, like, I think within six months, but this has been a year. No,
0: it is so com So there's a story from somewhere in Kentucky where a guy killed his girlfriend and the girlfriend's son, like, uh-huh. two years ago. And that trial is just starting right now.
1: Oh. So wow. it's
0: normal for a trial to take yeah. a while. Yeah.
1: So finally, um, oh, also, I want you to keep in mind, what year is this happening? Uh, It happened in 2018. Well, the accident happened in 2018, but now it's 2019, May 2019. Oh, we're
0: coming up on COVID times. Yes,
1: yes. Yes. So, um, June 5th, 2019, a trial date is finally set. It, it is to start on December 2nd, 2019, which is 19 months after the actual tragedy happened. Uh, like I told you before, the boys are going to be tried together and it's just a massive case. There's about 50 to 60 witnesses and dozens were expected to testify. Mm-hmm. Um, both sides obviously were lining up car experts, racing seen like tons of you know of experts to bring yeah. in um, unfortunately the trial was delayed again after the defense made several motions um, because they just needed more time to prepare for the case they said it sounds um, like they
0: have a crappy case and they're grasping at straws trying to come up with a defense
1: well yeah because uh, prosecutors had recently turned over a large volume of evidence and the attorneys are like, we need to go over all this evidence now. So, OK, like, well, we that makes sense. Time. why
0: that should have been turned over and discovered. Yeah.
1: But I think that was like more evidence that they found or more stuff they were going to use. OK, um, this this also you'll find out where this all heads to. OK, on December 18th. Um, 2019, Jessica's husband and father, um, appear before a judge to plead, uh, that the delays stop. Like they just wanted this trial to happen. And basically, um, Jessica's husband, David was like, listen, um, I'm the father of Lilia, the husband of Jessica. And he said, and I quote, I am the remaining survivor from the extinction of, of the Rabinalt family and bloodline. Um, And then he said, and I quote, since the unspeakable and terrifying death of my wife and daughter, I have suffered horrifically every moment. It's nearly impossible to put into words the agony of this legal process and the profound drama it has caused, increased exponentially every day that these defendants are not in prison. So... I, I get where he's coming from right Yeah he just, I
0: totally get it He he does not get closure for this uh, Until this is over Because until I mean Even after they're convicted Which if they're not convicted I am going to drive the three hours down to your house And I'm going to have to <laughs> Have some words with you um, And I'll bring Jane with me Because she said that you and her are going to have to throw down Because you don't like cryptids um,
1: <laughs> Well, good. I'll just bring some crumble, and I'll be <laughs> like, I'll be like, aha, uh-huh, between my bites. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we're gonna have
0: to have words uh, if we get to the end of this story, and I'm unhappy. <laughs> but I, I totally, I get where he's coming. This is not yeah. an easy process, and yeah. it's just dragging on and on.
1: And I also think he he felt like these these guys accident or not they're able to be at home with their families and you know a year has gone, gone by with obviously holidays and they've been able to be with their families yeah right holidays
0: and he- the birthdays of his wife and daughter uh-huh. uh the anniversary of when this yeah. all happened it's horrible
1: yeah So even after that emotional plea, there's more motions and more delays. And then we're at COVID, Mm -hmm. right? So on July 23rd, 2020, via Zoom hearing... The judge, the Honorable Christopher Nash, says he still can't say for sure when the trial would begin because of all the COVID restrictions, jury trials were not permitted to resume, right? Right. So at that point, it's now been more than two years since the incident. Yeah. And then Jessica's dad just starts accusing the defense of, you know, using COVID to, like, limp this case along. So, you know, emotions are fried. Everyone's just, like, trying to get closure. Then finally, on August 10th, another trial date was set for January 2021. Man, we're getting, like, up to yesterday yeah Yeah, exactly um on november 9th 2020 the defense enters a 77 page motion refuting the prosecutor's claim of speed of cameron heron's mustang
0: okay cool bring it up during the trial
1: Yeah, I know, but they did. They entered this seventy-seven-page motion because what they were trying to do at this point was to get the whole thing thrown out. Oh my god! They were suggesting that they had new evidence that the speed when the victims were struck was only thirty to thirty-five miles per hour. No, exactly. I don't believe that for a minute. You're telling me you rocketed a child in her stroller stroller seventy feet, and you were just going thirty. 35 miles an hour. They also pointed out that there were no sign of skid marks. Um, And they said, and by the way, there, that there are no witnesses to claim that the two cars were driving side by side. And so then they started saying that, you know, we think that statements taken by police were false or misleading. What? And then no um, skid
0: marks means he didn't even try to slow down.
1: Yeah, Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't mean
0: that he was going 30 or 35. uh It means that he didn't even try and slow down.
1: Yeah. Then they tried to argue because they're now saying, I think that he was only going 30, 35 miles an hour. But what we also need from you is we need you to take the Mustang black box information. We need you to throw that out because, um, that was not obtained lawfully. Like it wasn't even on the original warrant. So we want the Mustang evidence thrown out of court. What? Yeah. And the judge and was like, uh, no. And the prosecutors were like, denied. Yeah. So on December 28th, 2020, the judge ruled that the evidence obtained from, obtained from the Mustang was lawful Good. and can be permitted. And then after this... It was suddenly announced, like, directly after this, that Cameron, Black Mustang, and John, Golden Nissan, had decided to go their separate legal ways. Okay.
0: I feel like that's a smart move on John's part. Uh,
1: yes. Uh-huh. I mean,
0: Cameron, at this point, like, there's nothing he can do. Yeah. John, I feel like this is what gives him his best shot.
1: Exactly. And so... um, Cameron's attorney, John Fitzgibbons, announced that his client would enter an open plea and then John's attorney, Anthony Rickman, said that they reached a negotiated plea agreement with the state. What's so,
0: the difference between an open plea and a negotiated plea? So
1: an open plea and a negotiated plea is when Cameron decided on an open plea, he left his fate up to the judge as to what the sentence could be.
0: Oh, okay. And John
1: negotiated. He said
0: he'll plea for this if he yes. gets that. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. Yes. I got gotcha. you. Correct. So... John's attorney said that he was, you know, they reached a plea agreement and the plea agreement was that he would plead guilty to two vehicular homicide charges and a misdemeanor racing charge. He would serve six years in Florida State Prison, followed by 15 years probation and a suspended license for five years once released. So he wouldn't be able to drive... For five years after he is released, okay. Um, Jessica's family were like, we approve that deal, so they were fine with that deal. Mm-hmm. Um, on December 31st, remember, and that's just a week before their trial was going to start. Had they stayed together, yes, um, via Zoom. Cameron Heron entered his open plea of guilty before the judge. So, like I said, now he's leaving the sentence in the hands of the judge, right? Mm-hmm. He's like,
0: he's basically saying, I'm guilty, whatever you think yes, is right. Yes,
1: whatever you think is right, do. So, finally, on April 8th, nearly three years after the deaths of Jessica and Lilia, a sentence was handed down to Cameron. Now, the court before the sentence was handed down, spent several hours listening to emotional impact statements read by Jessica's family. Mm -hmm. Um, Among the many impact statements heard was uh, one from Jessica's brother-in-law, Brian Rabinel, who said, um, To the court, and I quote: "Do you know what it's like to whisper into your into a dying toddler's ear and promise to always take care of their dad? You did this to us, Cameron. You killed them. That's so sad. I was yeah. I was like, uh, that like got me. Um, David, who is Jessica's husband, as you know, and the father of Lilia, spoke for an hour." To Cameron about his loss, saying that even after three years, he still sweats when he enters his daughter's room, which even after all this time has still remain untouched.
0: I I expected that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But still, oh, that's so
1: sad. Yeah.
0: You know what it reminds me of is um, I feel like a lot of people give me shit for this, but I really like <laughs> Jody Pickle. The, Jody Pickle? The author?
1: Oh, I've never heard of her. Oh,
0: she wrote My Sister's Keeper. Um
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. My sister's Keeper is good.
0: I feel like people who are not into true crime like her, but people into true crime give me a hard time about liking her. As an Isn't that her
1: name Jody Pickle? Not Pickle. I Pickle. Pickle. <laughs> I'm like but yes her someone's pen name jody she has
0: a book called the pact Um, yes and it's a a suicide pact between two teenagers and the daughter ends up dying and her mother goes in her room all the time to smell her perfume that's what this reminds me of
1: oh god
0: it's a really sad book but it's one of my favorites
1: Yeah, that is sad. Sorry, keep going. No, it's okay. Um, So, uh, like I told you, um, her brother-in-law made an impact statement, her husband, um, her father, and her mother, um, and in all of their statements, uh, they were just pleading to the judge that they wanted the maximum sentence. Later attorney John Fitzgibbons also read a statement from Cameron. Um, and basically his statement was just like how heartbroken and sorry he is that he thinks about Jessica and Lilia and the rest of their family every single day, um, that he's just really incredibly sorry. Heartbroken
0: Um, that it took you two and a half years to plead
1: guilty. Almost three. Yeah. Um, The court also heard from Heron's family, who obviously, because, you know, it's their kid, painted him as just a loving and and forgivable person, stating that this was just a horrible accident, which I believe, right? I believe this was a horrible accident, um, but you were also, you also made a horrible choice to... Yeah, he... he
0: Knew what he was doing when he decided to race down that road. Exactly.
1: His mother. So I watched uh, his mom read her statement and I was kind of like, uh, this is a little weird, but whatever. She's distraught. She's a mom. Um, But his mother, Cheryl, stated that she felt responsible for the accident which as like why oh uh, exactly she never said why that she just feels responsible for the accident and that if she could switch places with Cameron and serve his sentence she would
0: Okay, that statement makes sense to me because she's a mother and of course Yeah, she, feels she that is way. a
1: mother and apparently right after the accident occurred, Cameron called his mom right away and was apparently just, you know, bawling and crying and had told his mom, "I just killed somebody." And, you know, since they lived so close to where it happened, mm-hmm. uh, his mom was talking to him as like she got in the car right away and started driving to the scene. Um, and was able to get there like within a minute, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Cameron's brother, Tristan, who was in the car, stated that for many nights after the accident, they both, Tristan and Cameron, had asked their father to, I guess they slept on the couch together for the first couple of weeks after the accident and, and made their dad come downstairs and sleep with them because they were just so traumatized by the whole thing. And they couldn't sleep. I mean, and these are kids. Exactly, exactly. I mean, they're nineteen
0: and twenty years old, but like, yeah, they're yeah. dumb boys. Um. So I, for just for that, I do feel bad for them. Yeah. I. I. And,
1: and, and me too. I feel bad for these boys. Uh, just stupid, stupid choice. Yeah. That the
0: wrong place, wrong time. Exactly. And. But they also destroyed a family. Right. It's like the worst possible outcome that could have happened. Yeah. Here happened. Yeah. Um,
1: and, you know, maybe like mom, when she said she felt responsible, now that I think about it, maybe she felt responsible for it because she gave Cameron that Mustang two days before. Maybe. So maybe that's where that's coming from. I don't know. Anyways, after listening to all the emotional Just um, statements, the judge spent about an hour in his chambers going over, um, looking at the evidence, looking at the, reading the impact statements again. And um, then that emotional day just came to an even more emotional end when Judge Nash sentenced Cameron, who was 21 now at the time of sentencing to 24 years in state prison. He he gave him nine years for the first count and 15 for the second count. And this was six years short of the maximum he could have given him for those charges, which was 30 years. Okay. Uh, Both families wept as the sentence was handed down. Cameron appeared wide eyed in disbelief. And actually I've seen the footage of the judge, you know, talking to him before he reads the sentence. And once mm-hmm. the judge gets to, so I hereby sentence you to 24 years, you know, in uh, Florida state prison, Cameron is wearing a black mask. And so on- you only see his eyes and his eyes go like super wide. Like, almost like he couldn't even believe it himself. Right?
0: Yeah, because, you know, he's sitting here thinking, like, I pled guilty. Uh Uh-huh. I know it's going to be bad. I know it's going to be bad. And then you
1: hear it, and it's Uh, real. And and you're like, oh, it's bad. Yeah, and then he was probably like, shit, I should have taken a plea deal. (laughs) I wonder if that wasn't
0: even an option for him.
1: Maybe not since he was the driver. I don't know. Possibly. I mean, there
0: has to be a reason that they only gave him an open plea and not, um, an actual deal.
1: Yeah. So he was handcuffed and taken out of court. Both families just weeping and his mom, especially after he was taken, taken out. Um, so, the aftermath of all of this, um, Jessica's family were finally able to move forward. They are working hard to honor their memories. Uh, the family wants to work on more changes with the mayor and other city leaders to improve street safety for pedestrians and drivers. Uh, they've started campaigning to stop the street racing culture, because I guess the street racing culture in Florida is pretty big. Um, I think you have aspects of street racing in any city. I know it happens a lot in Portland, especially on the bridges. Um,
0: yeah, it's actually ramping up again here in yeah. Seattle
1: recently, too. Yeah so uh so they're starting a campaign um to kind of they they just want to stop street racing culture yeah now remember at the beginning of this case i told you that around the time of his sentencing it like this was on my for you page it was like all over the place Mm -hmm. this is what happened shortly before and after cameron's sentencing his name and case st- suddenly, like suddenly, started trending on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And often with the headings and users from different countries. Like sometimes the heading was in Arabic. Like it was a lot of just foreign um, accounts that were just all like suddenly trending with Cameron's case, That's right? Weird. They determined these were bot accounts, robot accounts that started that was, yeah. to spam about the case and about the hearings and most suggest, suggesting that Cameron was innocent and that his sentence was too harsh. So then the yeah. hashtag justice for Cameron started trending too, calling him a poor boy and um, basically just saying that he's too cute to like deserve a punishment what granted Cameron is actually a good looking kid. I don't Uh, care. He has nice eyes, but yeah, I don't care either. They they, they shouldn't like, and so they, and even in all of these accounts for justice for Cameron and the hashtags, they started tagging the accounts of 10 Tampa Bay, Florida, um, like politicians, the Florida governor, Uh, Rob DeSantis, President Joe Biden begging for leniency in Heron's case. Like it was just an uptick suddenly of all of this. Was one of his family members No, no. Because as a matter of fact, they were harassing. People started harassing his family members and getting personal information like address and phone number and Uh calling his mom like at ungodly hours of the night most and most of these people were just saying he doesn't look like he deserves this like he he's too good looking to be punished and um there was these are a, the same people who fell in love with Chris Watts exactly right um almost 30,000 people signed a change.org petition what? change.org petition to reduce or exonerate Cameron. No. His, he had a TikTok account that he did not post any videos to prior to the accident so it was just his, you know, TikTok account yeah. that they found that got 2 million followers despite 0 posts. On TikTok, videos about him, so they would get videos of his hearings or of the sentencing, videos of random black Mustangs, right, using Uh Justice for Cameron, viewed 1.7 billion times. Why? Yeah. And clips using the specific hashtag Justice for Cameron netted over 26 million views.
0: I'm so confused.
1: Yes, yeah, so here is kind of an explanation of why this all happened. Okay. So the Times did a report on this and they figured out that many of the social media accounts online online that were doing this were believed to be bots, obviously. Yeah. But they were designed to latch on to trending topics and then kind of give them a boost, right? There's a company called Bot that is specifically brought in by social media to kind of determine what, what are bots, where are they trending, how are they doing this. They scanned okay. about 12,000 Twitter accounts that were supporting Cameron's campaign and determined that 75% of them were unknown accounts or aka bot accounts. 75% of those.
0: Right, so the thing with these bot accounts is they are created by someone.
1: Uh, exactly, and that's what O Meter tries to figure out. And there's like there's a, a apparently a whole task force set trying like, to figure out who's behind up, these. Trying to figure out who is behind this. It is estimated that ninety five percent of all the social media campaigns supporting Cameron on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram were all bots. Ninety five percent of it.
0: I mean, I don't know how they couldn't be.
1: Exactly. And so here's the thing. Um, In that article, they said, and I quote, bots are fairly straightforward. They are a way of amplifying someone's voice on social media by making it look like lots of people. And I do mean people, lots of people are for or against a particular issue. Okay, so there's like this whole cybersecurity uh, team known as Cyber Florida, and they were studying this, too, because they noticed this. So basically it's they they did this during um, the presidential, you know, um, all the when we were what is it presidential election? Yeah, during the election to further polarize two sides. Right. And to like bring up sides or to make an issue look like it's really popular with people when it's not.
0: Right. So did, this is changing what I'm thinking kind of. Mm-hmm. So did these bots just go haywire and pick up on something that wasn't actually a big deal?
1: Um, they don't know actually why Cameron's specific case was was picked up. By the bots or used by the bots? There's two different things I'm thinking here. Uh-huh.
0: Either someone connected to Cameron, set up these bot accounts mm-hmm. to boost it for him. And think it his brother, a cousin, maybe a girl he dated, maybe a girl who has a crush on him that never had a chance with him. Mm-hmm. Somebody connected to him, created these in order to rally for him. And they did it quietly using bot accounts. Or... The bot accounts that are being used, the way you described, uh-huh. to generate fake interest and yeah. in stuff, accidentally glitched and caught this one thing, and then they fed off each other, and and they created a thing where nothing really existed before, completely on accident. Very similar to a very um, a stock market crash that was caused by penny stocks. Yeah,
1: yeah. Who because knows? those
0: what? those automatic penny stock bots um, buy and sell microscopic pieces of stocks and they do it so quickly. They could do like 100 transactions in a millisecond. And what happened is that two competing companies and I can't remember when this was. It was right before the really big stock market crash in. Um, in 2008, I think it was the early 2000s um they fed off each other and they created this giant drop in the stock market system because the penny stocks were competing against each other and they all bought at the same time and it freaked out the algorithm so they all sold at the same time and everything dropped like crazy yeah and so after that really interesting they actually put in uh restrictions that these bots Uh, Penny stock traders are required to build into their systems that put a limit on um, how frequently or if a stock moves too much in one direction, Mm -hmm. they're not allowed to trade on it.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, because they all fed off each other and they caused a crash.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Who knows how or why this started? um, But the social media campaign got really bad because uh, followers that were you know, now sucked into this by the bots, began stalking members of Cameron's family and Jessica's family. And they were harassing and threatening Jessica's family. Could you imagine? Why? Because there's crazy people out there. They also found the addresses and phone numbers of the guards that were working in Cameron's prison and really? started harassing them. Which I don't know. I don't know what the point of that was. But Cameron was landed in solitary confinement um, because of that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Cameron's fiance, which, by the way, yes, he does have a fiance whom he met and began dating and got engaged to all while waiting during those three years. She had her account hacked and her personal information breached as well.
0: Yeah, I just don't know yeah. about all that.
1: Cameron's mom talked about this in an article and she's like she didn't get it either. She just called it a very unhealthy obsession that there were like fan clubs out there that had a very unhealthy obsession with Cameron and kind of like made it. Like just like any when like the same thing happened to Scott Peterson, the same thing happened to Chris Watts, like there's people out there well, especially with the Chris Watts thing. I yeah. do not understand. He he killed his entire family and you wanna But I be his can pen change pal him. Oh God. Drives me I mean, nuts. It's
0: it's just crazy how much social media really influences things these days. Yeah. Well and, and that gets the more thing. and more
1: profound. And because we have pictures, we have videos, like whatever. Anyways, as of June 1st, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, 2021, Cameron and his attorneys began the process of appealing his 24 sentence, his 24 year sentence. Uh, I feel like he pled
0: guilty and he should not be allowed to appeal it. Mm-hmm. He knew yeah. that he was setting himself up for potentially a maximum sentence. He didn't even get the maximum sentence. I yeah. don't think he should be allowed to appeal.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is the love story of David, and Jessica. This is a little different than your typical one because it wasn't like the husband that exactly. turned out. Exactly. See, this it was, was just a horrible
1: accident. It was a horrible decision made by a teenager that I. A
0: couple of dumb kids.
1: Yeah. That ruined their entire lives. Not only the lives of Jessica and her daughter and the rest of the family but they ruined, like, their parents' lives. They ruined their own lives. Like, in those three years, if you think about it, those two boys should be almost done with college now, right? Or, like, living a different life. Yeah. And they're both in prison. And that's pretty shitty for, a, a like, split second choice that you make oh look there's this is a brand new car there's my friend let's race down the street in the middle of the day in the middle of the day on a busy thoroughfare and yeah dumb
0: man i'm surprised that i didn't know about this because it's so recent
1: anywho that is the case of the bayshore boulevard tragedy oh geez well thank you
0: you i suppose
1: a lot of good is coming out of it though you know more yeah
0: i mean they're they're working
1: on getting
0: i mean you're never gonna stop street racing all it no all you do when you try and stop it is you make them more creative it it
1: ramps up yeah um
0: i mean have you what's interesting i mean people get crazier we have uh this group up here called bomb squad Uh and they literally shut down i5 one day Really? Yes.
1: Was it Jeez. I-5 or I-90?
0: It was I-90 because it was the floating bridge. Um, they're a group of stunt motorcycle riders, but they're not professional, really. They just kind of do it. Uh-huh. Um, and they're, they do street racing and stuff like that, too. So a few years ago, uh, they went on Interstate 90 and... They blocked off the bridge with a bunch of their bikes. And then they proceeded to have a stunt show in the middle of the interstate blocking the road. It was horrible. They're stupid. Jeez. Yeah. That's awful. But um, yeah, thanks for the interesting for- story. It's yeah, it's just crazy um, how... Uh, again, this actually fits in one of your themes that d- just decisions and <laughs>
1: decisions. Yeah, and don't make bad ones. I guess is the moral of the story.
0: Or just be smart, or people. Think twice before you do something.
1: Yeah, or maybe you just got that Mustang two days ago. Chill. Just go to the gym. Yeah.
0: All right. I guess we all get to live with this information now that yeah. you've offloaded well, it onto us.
1: It's it's in your head now, so you're welcome. Thanks. No problem. Anytime. We'll see everybody (laughs) next week. Bye. Bye.
0: Kat and I are so grateful for all of our listeners and we love hearing from you guys. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Alternative Interest Podcast and let us know your thoughts on this week's case. We want to cover the things that you guys want to hear. So please email us your case suggestions at AlternativeInterestPodcast at gmail.com. As always, thank you so much for listening and sharing us with your friends. Be good to each other, and we'll see you next week.